0: Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-the-box points of view. So, football's back! Yeah, cool! I mean, there's no atmosphere and uh, there's drink breaks every 20 minutes and there's plenty of talk of death and injustice. Uh, uh, At least it's gearing us up for the Qatar World Cup rather nicely. Anyway, uh, today we'll be discussing David Luiz, VAR, and later listing the top five Premier League centre backs since the turn of the millennium in order. No easy feat. And as always, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at Edge of the Box Pod. And as you might be able to tell, uh, we were filming this during the Leicester versus Brighton game. I'm your host, Harry Brent. Okay. Well, so football—it's back. Are you guys happy? <laughs>
1: No, we yeah. Sorry, results
0: now. Sorry, guys. Can we
2: Brighton has just been given a penalty. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Have they? Yeah, just, just as you were
0: speaking on. Oh, oh. Oh, this is.
2: Okay. Sorry,
1: listeners. Eh? Right, keep us, right, this, is
0: now, this is now. Gillette Soccer Saturday. You're Chris Kamari. You're us. We'll We'll go. We'll have a little discussion. We'll go back to you when it's about to be. Uh, when it's about to be sorted. But
3: yes, Jeff. <laughs> There's been a penalty at the Amex Arena
0: was it a pen or was it getting var would or anything it's, there's been a penalty god <laughs> <I can't laughs> have mercy <you. laughs> at the oh, king power
2: fina var
0: are checking it
2: oh god no that's not a penalty is it oh
0: blimey well this
2: is i don't know go. jeff Is it <laughs> <laughs> Either way. What, ooh, oh is it is it is it so yes they're still, that's a they're penalty, penalty. they've given it definitely a penalty they've given it we not given it yet,
0: but we're looking back. That's all right. This is this is good for and Chelsea if they score I'm, I'm
2: and and top them. more stepping up. And He's standing there. So, oh,
1: <laughs> you get Mope Mope
2: Steps up, take the run.
1: Gonna miss.
2: Oh, he saved it. He's yeah. he Saved it, bro.
1: Called it.
0: Okay. All right. So, football's back. You guys happy? I am ecstatic. Every
3: yeah, every
2: single second of my day is made better by the influence of
3: football.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, particularly now that it's on, it like every single day. I know we had a bit of a break, obviously, which we do. Oh, every World year. Cup again? Yeah, it's now like we've now got continuous football for the next twelve. Mo- well, not twelve months, but certainly eleven months. So
3: yeah, I feel bad for the
0: players. <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah, well, this is it. Some of them, some of them are just going to start getting injured, aren't they? And um, especially uh, if you wear red, most, most of the Arsenal players. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's been shocking
3: injuries <laughs> and defeats.
0: <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's been yeah, well, there's, there's been a few. Um, there's been a few. It adds
3: insult to injury, Egbe.
1: Like oh, 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 what did oh, you? Row. Oh. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't actually catch the um I didn't catch the Brighton game, was it? I know I know that they Yeah, it was a
1: great game, out. Harry. Yeah, it was
0: a good game. <laughs> really good. <laughs> but in the sense that I mean I watched I watched the Arsenal I watched the City game and it was yeah. you know comfortable and stuff. Um but was the Brighton game just a just one of those things or was it a bad performance or?
1: Um, I think it was lackluster. We obviously scored first, great goal by Pepe. Mm. But then again just defensively just atrocious. I mean, same old story. Should I tell you who you missed? Not David. David Luiz, mate. <laughs> two, <laughs> three. 2 plus 2
0: sometimes equals 4. Um,
2: um, I must say, that, that that must be one of the worst individual
0: performances I've well, ever seen so while watching football. Do you, think, do you think that the stick he got after that game was justified? Absolutely. No.
2: I didn't think he got I, enough. I don't <laughs> think a lot of
0: I think a lot of memes were made about him
2: and was yeah. finding it very, very funny, but I do not think he got anywhere near enough stick, especially mm. from his
0: manager. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I,
3: feel quite, I feel quite sorry for him in all honesty. Yeah,
0: I mean, you, right. you, you guys know how I feel about, about him. Obviously, I'm a, fa- I'm a fanboy, but it goes a bit beyond that. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. I was... Um, I was watching some of the reaction, and obviously David Luiz is one of those players where if he if he has a really good game, he gets a lot of attention, and if he has a really bad game, he gets a lot of attention. But and it's never in the middle. He's very
1: all or nothing. I think he's he's
0: never in between. He's either well, he is and he isn't. Just sorry to just to cut you off, just because I think that's the way he's treated. He's always it's he's he's never going to. You know how you get these players who are like, oh, they're always a solid seven out of ten. Never go above. Never go below i often think that sometimes just because that's how we kind of perceive them in terms of we we may not give them much attention i know david louise you know caused two goals essentially against against city um, but i think sometimes <laughs> it, it is it is deemed you know if 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 there's any like I t- i'll give you an example so i watched um, there was a there was a um um, a, pre-se- a pre-season game, the, the, one of the warm-up games Arsenal had before before the season kicked off again. I can't remember who you played, but you lost to some Brentford. Brentford, yeah. And there was a goal that, that you conceded where David Luiz was. Um, oh yeah, like, yeah, where David Luiz lost the ball. That's and like, and, and, like and, and I remember, yeah, I remember extent. watching the because I saw the clip, I saw the text, and it was like oh, David Luiz with a howler costs Arsenal mm-hmm. a goal. And I and I, you know, I, I I expected to see what I saw against City, where he made a mistake and it led to a goal, but he, he lost possession in, in, you know, and he rightly, you know, doing a quite a David Louise unnecessarily extra, extravagant thing, but essentially he was tackled well in the, in, uh, on the centre circle, and then what followed was about 25 seconds of Brentford possession before they scored, in which case I kind of felt like if, if I don't know, another player had given that ball away, would, it, would, would you have seen, you know, oh, so-and-so player with a howler you know, gives goal away or is it or is it just something to do with David Luiz that gives him that extra bit of
1: I think he I think it. he is targeted. But I think a lot of the times I think it's justified. Like I said, like for me, I think when he plays, like I said, he's all or nothing. So he either has a great game where he makes a diagonal pass into like a Young or someone and we score from it or he makes a, a few like last ditch tackles. Or or then on the flip side he he just makes silly mistakes like with the Brentford game. Why are you trying to, to dribble and flick it over like you're like Ronaldinho or something? Or you'll just try and do too much when a simple game can make such a difference.
3: Yeah. I think though from his first time at Chelsea, even though I think that was probably the best part of his career, um, the media have always kind of put him as like a pantomime villain and I think that's just kind of stuck with him unfortunately then obviously with World Cup as well. I think I the media have just kind of blown it up into that kind of, you know, persona.
0: Yeah, he's he's got he has definitely got this this reputation and, and as I said, I, I think it works both ways for him. I think when he has a good game, you will get everybody giving him praise and stuff and, and it, you know, being that sort of character and that sort of um You know, for want of a better word, that kind of extroverted um, Mm. footballer, I think would always bring that. But again, you can say I'm probably gonna. You know, I'm biased in terms of if I ever come to his defence because you know how much I. I, I admire the, him as a person, but, oh, you know, that sounds really lame. I like, I like the guy. I'm a fan of his. I admire um, him as a person. I admire him as a person. No, but I mean, I had that. Yeah, I a shrine. Well, I do, I do wonder because obviously I, I was, I was listening and reading to sort of the fallout after the City game, particularly. And, and um, there was all, a lot of, you know, people saying he should never play for Arsenal again, you know, and this isn't sort of, Arsenal fan TV saying this This is Jamie Carragher saying that
2: and, mm.
0: or at least I expect him to never never play for Arsenal again and I know obviously that's to do with his contract situation I, I was again what I what I was reading a lot of is what is that David Luiz you know his the, the fallout seemed to be David Luiz is basically a bit of a joke player and his only successful time was when he played in a um in a 3-4-3 in a Conte system where he was basically in a in a three-man center back, so he was really, really protected. And I just thought to myself, like, that's just a massively oversimplistic um, uh, analysis of of the kind of player he is. When when David Luiz is is in a is in a good team and, and in a, you could say, yes, a team that protects you know his his flaws, but you can say this about any player. When they're in a team that plays to their strengths, he's very good. And, and you know, it's seen in the sense that he's, you know, Chelsea paid or, you know, combined 50 million for him, PSG paid 50 million for him. There's, you know, there are reasons for this. I, and I just kind of felt like, oh man, like we, we, the fallout from this is, yes, David Luiz is, is erratic and makes mistakes and stuff. But I but I, don't think, I don't think he deserves this, this sort of reputation. He's going to, he seems like if he leaves the Premier League now this summer, he's going to have the reputation of him that is like hand in hand yeah. with, with Mustafi. Like, you know, <laughs> absolute joke, always makes mistakes. But mm-hmm. y- you forget the, you know, the, the sort of countless other games where he's been either brilliant or... Uh, this sort of people say, as you said, Dave, he's he's kind of all or nothing. It's the games where he where he is seven out of ten that that perhaps people don't don't remember, but they, they only like serve to remember the ones where he's absolutely terrible. And I, I do think he gets a bit of a bad rap. But and in 2017, when Chelsea won the league, David Louise was in team of the year quite unanimously. And to suggest this was simply because he shone in a team where he was wrapped in a straitjacket and protected from implosion is just a bit silly. His ability on and off the ball as a defender can be extremely high and it's just about playing to those strengths as often as you can. <laughs> Josh, Josh, you mentioned before yes. that you, you, were, you were simmering to tell us uh, yes. something about, yes. about this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean,
3: obviously, I'm glad that the football's back, but um, <clears throat> um, just, there's a few things that, you know, good, good things and a few bad things that I've just you know, made, made little notes about. So, first one, I'm sick of hearing fitness fitness oh the players fitness isn't right oh this oh that the the bloody professionals yeah like they've had three months off you know granted I've had three months off and probably I'm fitter than half them it's like what have they done for three months like they're still under contract they still have to surely get some fitness done I know obviously training at home and doing fitness at home is a lot different to actual match day fitness but using that as an excuse, it's just—I'm oh, sick of hearing it. It's so poor.
1: Do you think like, it's not a mental thing as well? Because I think now they should be—it should be the off season. They should be on holiday or away from football. And the fact that yeah, they, the,
3: yeah I know I, I, I understand that, but they've got to think like they can. say, oh, its unfair on us because we're doing this so well. The the league still needs to get played, unfortunately. And, you know, that's just the job that you're in. And, you know, you're still getting paid a lot better than probably what other players or, shows, you know, in, in lower divisions or even people in the actual country. You're getting paid, you know, still a, a, a very nice wage. So, like, don't complain about your fitness. Like, just absolutely sick, sick to death of hearing about it, saying, I, oh, yeah, fitness this, fitness that.
0: I, I the, the only Oh, well, I was, I was just going to say it. No. I, I sort on. of I, I agree that fitness... In, you know specifically you know just just general fitness no that they, they don't they, they don't have a reason to complain um you know as you say they're professionals and and you know all, they it's very easy to keep yeah. fit but i guess maybe it's getting lost in in translation a little bit because i think uh, you know some people might when i say fitness might be referring to match fitness which oh, i guess much. is a different, yeah. is a different thing just just or sharpness you could call it sharpness or yeah i was going to say sharpness yeah. which yeah. i think if you speak to most pros they they always say like I I, you know they don't even if they're staying fit over the summer holidays and they only really have five or six weeks away from the club they Mm. sort of it doesn't it sort of takes until about September October before they properly feel like right I'm you know I know you know I just everything sort of feels natural and and plus I guess to to counter your point that although you're right they are all professionals and it's and it, we've all managed to keep fit or you know we've been able to keep fit so why can't they but I guess for a while it, it really did it really did look unsure about when you know everything would come back to normal a lot of them yes they can go for runs outside their house but a lot of them would have been in in homes most of which are probably don't have gyms yes a lot of them will have gyms but you know what I mean like they it's no yeah. no thing to to say oh yeah but dude. even
2: but, even if they do have gyms and swimming pools in the house like a, a lot of the premier league players do it's mm. so hard like you can go for as much running or gym sessions as you want but you can't there's no way yeah. of replicating <clears throat> an in-match experience true no so all the twisting, all the, no, the changing directions and stuff like the only way to do that is to play games so if you're not doing that mm. I, know, I know you've had it yourself where you, you like you'll be playing football then you come back after like a few weeks off and like I'll have to do my back up like i got bad back anyway all this twisting and all this changing of direction and I'm just like I'm just so off
0: yeah. it you know I mean there's different there's different things you.
3: no I mean they could have easily done drills at home with a ball and you know got into like the same you know routine of what they would normally do it's just like competitively they wouldn't be amongst their other teammates
0: yeah like, I mean I largely, I largely agree with you. I think, I think fitness generally isn't, you can't really have it as a, as a big excuse, particularly given that everyone else in the league is in the same position as you in terms of that. But I think match fitness, I, I, I can accept as a, not, not an excuse for, for anything, but certainly a reason for like, look, you know, this is why things might not be quite gelling or whatever.
1: I think it's getting back into that competitive spirit as well. Like, even if you're training at home, you're not really competing. I guess, like you said, or you can compete with, your colleagues, but it's not the same competing against a completely different team for like a, yeah, a yeah. or for, for you know for a European competition, and it's just I don't think it's the same. So it might take them a while with match sharpness, maybe fitness, but just to get back into the swing of that competitive nature.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I say with especially that. with the weather as well. I know these games getting played a bit less than normal, but they are in the middle of summer as well. Drink breaks, drink breaks. <laughs> in the pouring rain today, tell you what.
3: Come on, drink breaks. You, I think I think, today, I think that's, that's
2: something that they've
3: implemented and said that has
2: but to
0: happen in every game,
2: yeah. regardless of anything because of the time of year. So it could
0: happen in the pouring rain. They're, they're they're benefiting massively from it because they're they little half times now, aren't they? They're little team talks. You know. Yeah. Get, get yeah. I, I mean, we we it. scored yeah. we scored just after one against United.
2: Yeah, cheats. Yeah, all, all you see is um, Jose Mourinho talking to Stephen Bergwine doing some kind of like serpentine movement with his hands. Ball in goal. <laughs> A few <Yeah>. minutes later, <laughs> Stephen Bergwine serpentine through <laughs> the United <laughs> players and scores.
0: Yeah, what, what else, Josh?
3: So, like I say, the water breaks, I understand why they're there. But again, I just think if you can't run for 45 minutes without needing some water, then you need to work on your fitness. Um, Fair enough. Just simple as like you just close the game down, and, the, and half these water breaks don't get added up at the end either. Just, the, the clock still ticks. It's like, well, stop the clock.
0: Yeah, I feel like they should stop the clock, but um, yeah. but I know what you mean. I mean, I, I I guess it's one of these things with all the with all the new um, you know because obviously the government has has put through all this stuff about extending and, and starting the league when it when it happens. I'm sure it was just one of these health yeah.
2: situations mm-hmm. that they had I'm to. go sure well, yeah, I mean, I looked no into it. obviously it's the supposed
3: mind, to. It. I think it's, like, something to do with the dry mouth or something. I think it's
2: hydra- general hydration of just, just yeah. how hot it can get. Because, so, I mean, I know this week it's going to get up to about 32 degrees in London. Yeah. So, and, like, if you, you have players running around in that, right, or you, you're running like a professional football player in that, you are going to get dehydrated and it can get quite dangerous.
0: But then,
3: yeah, I mean,
0: they play in 30-degree heat in Spain for... 80% of the season and don't have any drink breaks. So I take your point. Yep. It's not nece- it's not necessary, but it's just one of these Up things across. that they had to put in. I think in they've
2: got them now, haven't they, in Spain?
0: They possibly remember. do now, yeah. But and um, I'm sure there's a
2: regulation in place that says no games are allowed to be played before. I think it's nine o'clock, eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah,
0: Yeah, for the heat, yeah. yeah well. Um, another
3: a, another thing that got me seething with anger. Mm-hmm. Um, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. Uh, the, ghost uh, oh, the ghost goal. The ghost goal that happened but didn't it. happen. <laughs> Honestly, like I understand why it potentially you know didn't come up on the watch because they said it was kind of
1: yeah wasn't
3: fully working. But not only that, uh, the keeper had hold of the ball whilst he was in his net, so maybe the goal line technology is not going to be you know diff- it might not. Able to differentiate between the ball and the keeper um, and the fact that he's kind of in with the keeper's arms. But surely
2: that scenario has happened before
3: where mm. the keeper's fallen like.
2: into the net. I'm sure it happened with a geiter earlier this season.
3: Honestly, what a load of <laughs> beep tosh. Beep.
1: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> insert beep. Insert they they've, they've basically adjust.
0: said, haven't they? that oh the technology isn't good enough. That's 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 basically the translation. Like they've said, "Oh, yeah. well, it was because um you know, as you say that the, the keeper and there was a lot of, you know, space between uh, or very little space between the ball and every, you know everybody was kind of mashed in together." Basically what you're telling us is your technology doesn't work. It, I mean it does work, but it, but in certain circumstances it doesn't, which I, you know, I sort of feel like I mean, whatever. It, it, as, as I said, it, it, I feel like it's happened before and possibly will happen again. But I kind of feel like surely you can create technology for to prevent. Just I don't know. I don't know what the system is, but it does but
3: feel. Regardless. Like, regardless. Why did the referee not go to VAR?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, well,
2: think, I mean, didn't, didn't
3: the VAR if he's say he's there? He's watching. He's have... watching. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And they're like, well, why didn't he go over? Like, why? Like, for some reason, Premier League referees uh, must be allergic to VAR screens. They just cannot go over <laughs> and, check allowed, and make the decisions themselves. They're not allowed to use them. Yes, they are. Of course Premier they are. Premier League ref- referees in the
2: Premier League are not allowed to come to the screen.
3: But what is the point in it then? Because in every other league, they can use it and the referee can overrule. Because the whole point yeah. of VAR is not to overrule the referee. The referee still the has the, 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 the... um. The authorities to overrule, given off what he sees. Why can't they go over to the screen and then the VAR, uh, you know, the VAR person on the on the screen is going through go from this angle, it looks like he's done this. From that angle, well, as funny as, funny as it sounds,
2: the um the, the the referees had a meeting uh before the season started and said that they thought that the implicated they're like you know referees being able to look at the screen would waste too much time
0: yeah that's that's, that's why they stopped and it it's it it just seems silly because they they have had this fear of like okay this is this is this is good technology but it's really unpopular in the way in its form so we need to do everything we can to make it popular is basically i think what drove that conversation and they decided in their infinite wisdom to be like right yeah we'll do that because that will that will cut time wasting and it'll be it'll be smooth and stuff but of course it doesn't really matter if it's smooth the point is you, you you supposedly brought in this technology to to, to basically eradicate mistakes, and and it's exactly. not doing that. And so, regardless, oh, if, it, it even if it ta- yeah. even if it takes two seconds to sort, if you're getting it wrong, the fans are going to be pissed off. This exactly. is. We're back to pre-coronavirus times where Listen, you know, Nick, VAR was the biggest problem in the VAR world, is obviously great.
1: meant to eradicate human error, but it's still human, it's still, human exactly. position, it's still, so you talk about human
0: error. And they're, and they're still... Exa- it's, I've said I've said this before. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not like, oh, we have now a, a, a referee who's you know taking taking away the little mistakes of the on-pitch referee. You've basically just, just made it so that you've got one referee who will make a mistake, and if he doesn't make a mistake, then the other referee might. That's, that's essentially the situation. I mean, the, the the sort of system in place has the potential to be a really good system, and hmm. I, I don't, I still don't think it's particularly necessary beyond goal and technology. But um, if you it go worked in the World Cup, yeah, yeah, but,
1: it I, mean, worked, I,
2: I guess it worked. I mean, mean it, it, gave, be it, it gave about like three penalties a game away in the World Cup. <laughs> when you say
1: work, but it. if the penalties, then <laughs> yeah, but if yeah, the penalties, yeah. then yeah. Um,
2: but it's well, things like able to get
1: in the things
2: that things that were given as penalties in the World Cup aren't being given as penalties this year. <clears throat> so are there penalties or aren't there? but so could you say that VAR
3: deserves the Golden Boot award rather than Harry Kane?
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's too many yeah. um, decisions. In, in football. There's too many decisions in football that aren't black and white enough for yeah, this yeah. technology to actually work. Like goal line technologies black and white the ball is either over the line or it's not there's no there's no gray area it's like it's either a goal or it's not it's like this is why it works in cricket and tennis because um those sports are very black and white it's over the line or it's not it's hitting the wickets or it's not there's no there's no gray area whereas football like what is a foul subjective what is a handball subjective what is you know and and as we found bizarrely what is offside is pretty subjective as well and I, i know it shouldn't it technically shouldn't be but the 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 big thing for me is like, obviously, it's been such a talking point this season. And I found that even when you're, so VAR has supposedly come in to, to get rid of mistakes, but also primarily get rid of fans being angry at the fact that they've been, um, you know, they've, a mistake has cost the match. But we found that even when VAR gets decisions right, like when they get those minute offsides right, fans are still pissed off. Even if the yeah. decision's correct, so yeah, but what I feel like,
2: it, with their for? minute offsides, they can't actually be accurate with that because of the speed players move and the shutter speed of cameras. Yeah, there's that. There's that argument so, as so well. There's in, like um, I'm sure there was a a son one earlier in the season, and they um, they gave it as offside. And I
0: think with the is this the one you complained on a on a podcast before? Is that, that saying same goal against Burnley? No, no, no. So. Sorry, you no, brought no. up a sun goal against Burnley or something before. I can't remember.
2: Well, I, I, if I brought up a sun goal against Burnley, it's the one where he ran like, oh, where he, he ran past half the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, like he there was like like five or six centimeters like leeway each way. Yeah. For like because of like the speed he was moving and the shot speed of the cameras. Mm. And it's like, whoa.
0: yeah, it's it just it doesn't seem foolproof at all. And 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 no. I, I think if you find like I think if you I think they took a sample of of linesman decisions over the course of, I don't know, um, five years or something, and they get something like 99.67% of them correct. Like, this is not a big, obviously, yes, you, you, you know, you sometimes think those, those when, but when those marginal offsides are offside, and, and, and it ends up costing you the game it isn't really more than a kind of oh this is something for us to whinge about you know you don't really as a fan I mean correct me if I'm wrong but as a fan you don't really feel like we were absolutely robbed there it's like if it's marginal you yes you complain about it but you basically feel like oh, well it was basically about level who cares um, mm-hmm. and I don't it's I don't better feel-
2: than like um City against Swansea last season and the FA Cup yeah. I
0: think it's you had that. two goals
2: offside and this weren't given.
0: Yeah, and, and like. like
2: um, so uh, the Swansea fans could feel very hard done by that and complain about that yeah. they weren't marginal and they weren't mistakes <laughs> by the linesmen. Mm. So.
3: Yeah, but don't I feel- forget as well, like, even if they do get 99 point or 97% of the positions right, obviously spread that over a season and with, a, you know, how many matches occur over a weekend or, you know, sometimes even midweek. That three points to a percent might lead yeah. to like, you know, one offside per game or one offside. You yeah. know, every two even games more. that he's you know maybe maybe yeah, may even more because there will be that many games. It's like what ten games, obviously spread over however many weeks. So
0: you're saying it's justified?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean because like I say, I think like I say when you've got you've got them referees there you rely on them and you know you're only human but then if you know it, it, if their mistakes are made and they are literally marginal fair enough but if it's like you know for example like what Ash said in the example with the Swansea one where they seemed, you know mm. miles offside and they're getting their decisions wrong well that's you know, that's really-
0: yeah, that's 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 what that's what we we wanted it for. It's it's for those big ones, yeah. and and that's what I thought that the rule was when it came in. It was saying clear, yeah. you know, clear and obvious error. That was the big thing. But I mean, they've just not sticking to that, as we saw with City Burnley last night with that um, penalty yeah. that got given. And again, I ask you as a City fan. Obviously, you you were you must have been you know internally pleased that okay, we've got a penalty and you know someone's going to score. But d- did that decision getting overturned give you m- any satisfaction at all? Did you Were you thinking, yes, you know, VAR's great, or did you feel like this is just ridiculous? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um,
3: yeah, obviously apparently, woohoo, great. But when I watched it back, to me, that's very harsh that they gave that penalty. Granted, it was a foul, but he was like milliseconds behind getting the ball. He's not going for Aguero. The intent mm. was to get the ball. He's literally a split second uh, lane. Mm. I just think it was, you know, it was very harsh to, to have given that.
1: But do you only have that apathy because you've already, the game was convincingly won? Like, if that was like a nil-nil no, no, and it was like mm-hmm. a last minute chance, would you, I don't think you'll be that chill about it, or you'll be more like, oh, that's that's an outrage. You can be like, oh, I don't really mind because the game's already won. Yeah convincingly you you probably would i take your point
0: you probably would if that was if it was nil nil at that point and then it ended nil nil and, and then they you know or whatever and, and they hadn't given it you have reason to be to be angry but but again the the issue here is even though i think you know you can all look back on that and most of us will probably say Ugh, it's probably a penalty but if it's not you know it, you know that's fine i think the fact that the fact that it's not it's not like a hundred percent or Zero percent. It's the fact that mm. some people could conclude, well, it, I mean, you know, he certainly touched him, but is that enough to cause a foul? Like, was it really a foul? Like, do you know I mean, what I mean?
3: And, and I think the fact that. Made a good point. He said, you know, if you look around the city, players, none of them are going. You know, none of them appealing. Yeah, and Guerrero isn't himself. Isn't appealing for it. So I'll just be like, I mean, I, obviously, you should, I obviously, worried. you shouldn't really be, appeal for every Tom Dick and Harry of I a mean, penalty that's going on because obviously. Mm. Yeah. Do that that's the umpire and then umpire's the like yes or no which is mm. like uh, yeah I just think I think Ben Me was it yeah I think it was Ben Me. Mm. Uh, I think it was quite you know unfortunately hard done by by over over scrutiny
0: yeah and again I I, I just don't believe that those turning over those decisions is why fans wanted VAR and they, they want these decisions for um, you know Pedro Mendes to to shot up against Roy Carroll in two thousand and five when the ball is ten yards over the line, or Lampard against Germany. Those are the I know they're goal line technology decisions, but those are the decisions. It's not the little things that they pull back for 30, 30 seconds later when there's a little tiny discrepancy that people yeah. have on about. That that doesn't. That's not what fans have. That's not what we're asking for. You know, no. you may you may justify it in terms of the game and actually go, well, or well, actually that helped my team out. So yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that's a good decision that that happened, but. I think it takes something out of the spirit of the game if you're if you're yeah. literally just yeah, yeah, not yeah. allowing any you know and you know and ha- then how how far back do you go? Like I know that they have a rule with, um, you know, one phase of play. So if if the ball changes the phase of play, then you can't go back further than that when you're reviewing something. But quite often I've seen things like um, I think it was a Chelsea Nottingham Forest game last year, and um, <clears throat> there was a. Um, I think Nottingham Forest had a had a they either scored a goal or nearly scored a goal. and They had an offside call, and and they were they were reviewing it for offside. And I was thinking, okay, that's that's fine, review for the offside. But also, there was earlier in the build-up, there was what I thought was a foul. But 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 VAR doesn't 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 go back that far because it's not the it's, it's not the latest. And I just think, well, that that's that's a flawed system because if they if they conclude that this is onside and they allow it, that's fine. But Review the thing that was before, because that's led to to this situation. Do you know what I mean? It's too complicated, and there are so many little facets of how to make a decision in football that I don't think you can ever have a system that is perfect. In which case, if we don't have a system that's perfect, just give it back to the refs
1: and linesmen. They were getting pretty much everything right. Do you think the referee should have a responsibility to explain their decisions at the end of a game? Yeah. I
2: think, I think to those, fans yeah. and supporters that are watching yeah.
1: you. Yeah, so like in the same way that you have yeah. like post-match interviews with managers and players, do you think that you should have them with referees? And then they, I think so. Yeah.
2: But you I have, think, um, think, what's, his name? Yeah, Peter, what's his name? Peter. What's his name? Peter, you know what I'm talking about. They have him on Sky Sports as a, um, like a referee representative. Um, former referee. Peter Walter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Peter uh, remember, and yeah.
2: he will explain referees' decisions. Maybe not. He's not there. But, and not,
0: but just because but he he he's a yeah. But he's not like he's yeah. not like a representative. And I take your point. He he's like gives you an insight because he was a ref, but he's not he's not been in contact with yeah. When the point rose, or so,
2: the egg he's making? talk about. Yeah, but I feel like maybe I mean, the actual
1: match day referees. Post match,
2: yeah. post match, I'd say if, I'd say that would be better as still like players and managers. Talk about the actual games, not like, oh, this, the reason that I completely mugged yeah. your team off was this kind of
0: yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I think, I, I would, I, if it was up to me, I would use, I would use that. I would use a representative of someone who's who's been a ref and can have an insight into that. I don't think they should be made to explain their decisions because I, I think it would lead to a culture of right, because after inevitably after the game, that it's it's in the it's in both teams' interests to blame the referee for something that's gone wrong they're never going to blame or very rarely are they going to blame their own team so it's always it's always on the ref and that's just nat, that's just natural and that's in football culture that's always going to happen and you see it on almost every game the ref gets blamed for something if you then have to have him come on national national tv and, and explain the decision it inevitably he, he is going to say a number of times yeah I do. you know what I got it wrong I can't you know I can't defend it and in which case there's going to be and you've seen the way culture is these days there's going to be cancel him he's you know he's admitted he got it wrong he's rubbish and all this stuff they'll start you know coming after them I don't think that that's within the spirit of I don't think they're paid enough to have to do that
1: why why no. is it that it's okay for players like for example, David Louise to face that same scrutiny? Because if a referee yeah, because, does because, have to explain,
0: then surely that leads to i I'll tell you why. Because David Luiz was not told, David, you have to come on camera right now and explain what happened. He chose to come forward and say, look, it was my fault. But if he wanted to go and hide, he could. And also, football's a team game. Like, yes, David Louise made some individual mistakes, but you've also got the referee. I know they have linesmen, but it's, it's basically the referee or, or nothing. And, and I think that ultimately, you're, you know... It, in in football you can I know managers have got to come and give their opinion on a game they're contractually obliged to do it to to, to a degree but I think I just think it's different for us because it isn't just it isn't you know let me get the insight here it will just be about you know most of the time they'll be able to say look I made the right decision but if if they get into a situation where they've made a mistake I I don't like the way it would go if they because they they will have to just hold it hold their hand and say look I just I made a mistake, and that's the way it is. And I can just, you know, you see, you see the way that if, if referees do make mistakes and it gets publicized, they get dropped down divisions. And I don't like that yeah. at all. Like they can, you know, they're just, they're humans doing, doing a very good job most of the time. Yeah. And obviously, I'd say it's a very difficult job as well. Yeah, and well, aren't you uh, worried by the standard referee in, in England? Like,
1: I mean, you hear that England not, has got not, the worst referees. Well, not,
0: not to the point. Ever. Not to the point that I would want to change much about. It. I mean, I, 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 take that people complain about refs all the time, but I just think that's the culture of football. I think that's just what you do. Like, I, I do. We have the worst, the worst referees. I mean, what you know, one of them hosted the Euro, a Champions League final, recently, Klanberg and Howard Webb was in the World Cup final. Like, I don't think that. The standard of refereeing is bad to the point where we need drastic change. I mean, you know, we've got some, we've got some good refs. We don't have to have, don't necessarily have, have to have the best ref. But I mean, as I say, it's not like we have, we're having games where constantly there's decisions that go wrong that we think, oh, you know, um, we need to change that. V- VAR didn't come in because referees are bad. VAR came in because there's just things referees can't spot. So, you know, if it was that referees are constantly making mistakes and, um, cocking up all the time then it would be different but I, I don't really think we have that as such. I think
3: I think you know giving off the point that you said with you don't want to put the referees in the public eye
2: mm.
3: you know I, I didn't really think about that but I think you know it's a bit of a catch-22 it's like do you risk putting them into the public eye and explaining their decision because I think a lot of the time if they end up explaining the decision but also not not only that but explaining you know maybe the laws of the game kind of educate people into why they've made them decisions and they might get more respect uh, off the fans. True. But I feel like, you know, compared to, look at our referees compared to referees in rugby. Look at how much the, the respect difference. Not yeah, I think, think that's just around the culture
2: of the and game though. Yeah, exactly. It is around the culture of the game. And that's what
0: I mean, that is embedded in football. Like, I mean, from professional footballers all the way down to grassroots, you abuse the ref. The referee is a white. Yeah. You know, And that's just, and that's how, and I think that's very hard to change. And he's, if if form
2: advantage shows you anything, it shows that arguing like that as well does have some influence on their decisions completely. So 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 it can give you an advantage if you do it. So, of course, they're going to.
1: I just think there should be some, I think Roe put it quite nicely that it doesn't have to be like, why It's more like I made this decision based on this, like an explanation. Yeah. Even like Roe said, potentially an education because. It could because if we know that this is how the referee interprets the game, that could lead to being like, "Oh, okay, so that's why he made that decision." So instead of having yeah. like, judgment, you could actually understand his reasoning for it and actually be on his side potentially, not just like, "Why?" Yeah. Like, I definitely, happened.
0: I definitely think that would be useful, and and as you said, that, you know, in in situations like that, that would be beneficial. It would give fans a lot of clarity. But again, I think the issue is, if you have that standard then you're suddenly that becomes an expectation that the refs come out and explain every decision. And, and of course, most of the time refs will come out and they'll go, look, you know, I, this issue is controversial. Let me explain why I, why I made it. And most of the time, that's going to be fine, but there are going to be occasions when the ref has made a mistake and he knows he's made a mistake and he's got nowhere to go. In which case he has to, you know, the standard is the refs come out and explain, explain your decisions. In which case, you know, one was, time again. in 20, he's going to have to come out and go like, look, I, I made a mistake, and I just—I just don't think people are going to be forgiving. We're not that—that's not the culture we have. Now.
3: Well, I mean, you'd rather you'd rather him. But like, they don't even necessarily have to direct it; like yeah, they can they talk have, about they it, have They in, can they explain have,
0: their thoughts. Yeah, well, this—I think again, I think this is why I think it's a good idea that these Sky and BT have had these like representatives from, who are who have been referees who who give you that little bit of insight. But like, referees—this ha- isn't referees getting away with. Them, but referees have their own disciplinary. System oh, yeah. and, and and stuff. If they make mistakes, they, they you know sometimes they get punished, but they get you know they get marked for their for their games. Managers still mark them for their performances. You know that that this all mm. gets this all gets put, put put in somewhere. So they're not just completely without you know without sin. They 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 will get they will be um, you know responsible for their mm. for their performances. So raw Edison, right?
3: Yes.
2: Is it uh, Eric Garcia that had come out and clattered? Yes. Right? So he's come out and clattered him then. I feel like there should be some kind of like rule in place that allows the referee to red card him for that. No. He was 100% of the ball. Yeah. And so was Eric Garcia. Eric Garcia was
3: looking at the ball rather than looking. So that's,
2: that's not excessive force or reckless endangerment.
3: He's, he's run got the out. Bottle. He's, unnecessarily, he's got the bottle,
2: right? unnecessarily run out because he didn't need to run out there.
3: No, I suppose.
2: He's, he's he's come off his feet, lost complete mm-hmm. control of his body, and clattered into him, giving him a spinal injury. I
3: mean,
1: he went
2: on he, the floor. He was out of control for a while. He was out. He was out of control of his body. He couldn't move his body if he saw something else coming. He? he completely lost control of his body. You're
3: on about he, Edison here, on Garcia.
2: Edison. What, what, Ash, what would he be He was 100% in your...
3: control. He knew exactly what he was doing and he went straight in and he got the ball well, away. But he also if he knew exactly what bit. he was doing,
0: then I'd say that's even more worrying. What would, what would be your rule, Ash, if you were to put one in to prevent... or not Well, to prevent, obviously, there's, to there's, there. there's, there's a rule about excessive force on an opponent.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
2: But, but there isn't one like in the word of the law about excessive force on a teammate in that kind of situation. Obviously, it's quite a rare situation that you are challenging yeah. your own teammate for the ball. Yeah, I feel like if you, if you know if you endanger the life of your own teammate, there should be some kind of like disciplinary procedure for that. Do you, do you? I mean, he was there. Like the pole lab was on the floor. But it wasn't
3: intentional. He, like I know, it, I know. It, it not The video look, looks like oh well, you know, it doesn't matter. But intentional, like that, His or not, intentions like. was to get the ball, and unfortunately, right. they just clattered because they're both going at speed. The like Edison's got the, his eyes on the ball. Garcia's got his eyes on his ball. Garcia doesn't see Edison at all. Maybe if he looks ever so slightly briefly. Then... That's like the
1: definition of what like reckless endangerment are. Do you think that if Edison was the opposing keeper he and obviously Garcia was still on City, do you think they would have sent him off?
2: Is it for me or Raw? For you, Ash. For me. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, possibly. I mean again, I get I like to... If he to didn't get the back ball, to... then yes. I like to harp back to Tottenham things, and a lot of them revolve around Son for some reason. <laughs> right, so when, when Son um, broke Andre Gomez's leg, oh, yeah, for, 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 for instance, yeah, uh, the referee initially gave that as a yellow card, which I thought was quite fair. I feel like Son actually got the ball, possibly, if I'm remembering it right, and Andre Gomez has broken his leg because he's planted his foot wrong. Nothing to do with Son. But then that's eventually been overturned. As a red card for the endangerment of another player.
0: Yeah, I, I, I actually. Well, what are you, are you saying that that was? How, how? Where do you fall on that? Do you agree? I, with I feel that? like he, he, if if he is recklessly endangering him, then fair enough. But I, I thought that. I thought, in terms of that specific instance, I thought that that was um, the challenge itself was was not a good challenge. But but it wasn't horrendous yeah. it was the way he fell and I think that the red card uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't actually agree with the red card but I think in terms of I think he made a human decision whereby I think the, the crowd had reacted and I think he thought I need to get him yeah. off because the crowd are going to not have this which again I, I don't know if I agree with that logic but I understand why he did it but in terms so, of the challenge if, I don't think it was red if that yeah but if that's been overturned for a red because
2: he's endangered Andre Gomez, mm. then why isn't there something in place that allows Edison to be punished For endangering Eric Garcia, then because he has, and he has actually endangered.
3: Even more of a rarer situation, the fact that you would injure your own. Yeah, because I I mean, there's
2: there's, there's only like the Kieran Dyer fight, isn't it? That's would be one of the only times, like, you know, you've you've seen two teammates, like,
0: you know, punish for something doing to each other. Do you do you think there there is a sort of unwritten contract where yes obviously you know um the edison thing was can be viewed as irresponsibly reckless and, and and whatever and but do you not think that there's some sort of unwritten contract where it's like if you're a professional sportsman in a contact sport with you know you're running at, at your own free will there's no control settings over how you know, obviously there are rules about tackling and stuff but generally you know you're free to sprint as fast as you want in any direction you want at any time is there not some sort of unwritten contract where it's like with, with footballers this stuff happens obviously you, you want to make sure it doesn't happen irresponsibly but technically speaking whilst yes edison probably could have conducted himself in a in a slightly more safe way at the same time he, he probably wouldn't be doing his job Correctly, if he what, if he wasn't showing the, do you know what I mean? Like like, do, do you think there's there's some sort of contract, unwritten contract there that says, look, with footballers, injuries are going to happen. Yeah,
1: he, yeah, he would course. have gotten more stick as well if he hadn't had gone for it. I, I don't just feel like he needed look, like, go to go, and then yeah, because a player ever scored, they'd be like, well, why didn't you go for it? And he's like, well, I wanted to be safe. Or it's yeah. it's not
2: like it's not like you know, right? To be fair, I think there was there was nothing to run out of football. the ball. I didn't think. That you know, uh, it was going to result in a goal at all. I don't think it could have potentially done at all. Mm. I think that you know, it's not it's it's not like the eighty-fifth minute and it's nil-nil and you need to win this match or else mm. such and such a thing. I, I just, I just, I was it was reckless. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's it was. There's lots of avenues where you can say that's a that's a very preventable, yeah, situation. Um, and you got things I mean you guys may know the the um, Schumacher situation with the German goalkeeper smashing into I can't remember the name of the French bloke but it was in the um, in the 80s so way back when but he completely knocked him out but that that was intentional I think he was going for him but similar sort of situation where he's running out of his goal and he hits him Uh, uh, yeah I I I don't yeah I I side I, I think I land on the side of look this is this is constant. This is professional contact sport. You, you can obviously have a, some measures put in place that reduce the risk of, of bad things happening, but a bit like the son incident, I think sometimes you just have to say, look, this is professional athletes in contact with each other. You are going to have accidental injuries. And you, you know, while yes, you could, you know, Edison is doing something reckless. You could, it's probably not the best argument, but you could argue that, you know, Edison has a responsibility to to his surroundings but so does so do all the other players like if you you know if you're
3: mm-hmm.
0: obviously his intentions
3: wasn't to injure his, his intentions were to clear the ball
0: yeah and and look like obviously that that gets thrown out if it was on an opponent like if, you know if you even if your intentions mm-hmm. good and your foot lands on their shin you're it's a straight red and it should be so i take ash's point like that you know it's it's yeah. a very reckless act and but again i, I sort of think that the, yeah, I mean, possibly, you know. As I say, I think if it was a, a opposition player, he probably would would get punished. And I take the point, you know, he's, it's the same act just on a on a on a teammate. But but I, I I don't know. I just I sort of feel as if maybe there's just this sort of feeling that look, we're all professionals on a on a pitch. People are going to get injured. It's a it's a shame, but mm. look, we can't we can't just all be wrapped in bubble wrap and and pretend like no. it's all fine because it's going to happen, you know.
2: I, I think it's a matter he, of... He, he really didn't seem to care either. No,
3: he, <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't He was laughing
2: he's... with Sterling about his ripped glove.
3: Didn't he do something uh-huh. He, he him Did so Mane hard.
0: as well. Wasn't there something to
2: Mane last year? Yeah, Mane raises... Yeah. Lass- yeah, Lass- yeah, Lass- yeah, Lass-
3: Mane, like, went up with his Lass- foot and he actually... He went with it with
0: his Lass- head and then knocked him out. He's Lass- got... So, he's Lass- got previous... Lass- yeah, Lass- I look, I don't...
3: completely I think Edison's... Putting his life on the line just as much as Eric Garcia, really.
2: But obviously, what? Eric Garcia didn't get How tall was he? Big six foot four, six foot five Edison's putting his life on the line, jumping mm. over the top of Eric Garcia to get a ball <laughs> he shouldn't have to to clatter into him with both players running at about 15, 20 miles an hour. He doesn't the have to like.
3: make it. Like He's a goalkeeper. Whether he has to make it or not, he's going to make an attempt to get the ball away. He's like trained, lack, trained lack too
0: hard to it. be like,
3: no, yeah. I mean, that was quite way out of his box. But I guess,
0: yeah, if you you could say it's, it's different because th- there's a kind of association with when a goalkeeper's making g- trying to get a ball like that. It, it's It's a situation where he... You once he's got out a certain distance, it's like you 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 have to get to that ball. That's the that's the contract. But again, I don't know whether that's that necessarily justifies it because at the same time, again, if that was an opposition player, you would say that's a that's a that's a bad decision, a wrong decision you've made, Um, and you wonder if if that had been a. you know, you see quite a lot of players going for, like, bicycle kicks where they volley someone in the head. Like, Abu, Abu Dhabi on, um, on John Terry, for example. I mean, it's not quite right because I think Abu Dhabi had every right to go for that ball in the League Cup final 2007. I'm sure Agri knows what I'm on about. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you just wonder, like, if, if, the, if the act... is, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of torn there. I'm not really, I'm not really yeah.
1: sure.
0: I, I think I'm sure I mean, I think
2: whilst I've
3: fact. grown up playing football... Yeah. We've always said if you go into a challenge half hearted, you're always going to get, you know, come off worse. Like, you either go Mm. for the challenge or you don't. Like, don't go in and be like, oh, actually, I don't know. So, I think, like you say, Harry, like, if he's going out, you're fully committed or you don't. Um, But I'm not saying that it's right. Like, it's horrendous and obviously an awful act of uh, sportsmanship, especially if someone on your own team. But Mm. I think, personally, it's an issue in which the club should. Sort out rather than the referee should sort out. Obviously, the referee had a decision on the ta- at the time to mm. make. But I think with it being t- a team, pl- a team player colliding with another team player, mm. because there's no written rules per se. I think it's more of a club level, um, yeah. yeah, situation where they have to organise it and be but like. Do, Look, do mate, you not feel there should, should, should
2: be a written rule about it? Right.
3: I mean, now you mentioned it, I'd probably say <laughs> I yeah.
2: Mean, so say so hypothetically, Ed, Edison, like. Either severely damaged this 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 lad, like severely damaged him, stopped him playing football for the rest of his life, or even worse, like killed it. Do do you think we'd be having the same conversation? Whereas, you know, yeah, yeah, it's fine.
0: The like his eyes are on the ball and such such thing. But I like there's there's I know it's a bit different Ash but there's like a there's a there's a rule in like um you know like WWE st- wrestling stuff
1: <laughs> well, I know it's obviously
0: a bit different but they but they're, you know because obviously you think they're fighting each other but what what they're essentially doing is dancing they're dancing with each other they're they're it's a choreographed thing yeah
1: yeah
0: and what, people it's have real? people yeah, sorry to spoil it father christmas is also not real and That's um wrong. he's a wrestler and um i think um <laughs> they they, obviously lot, lots of people have have accidentally died and it's a bit different because you are physically you know throwing them around and doing all that stuff but again they they certainly have the the kind of view of although there's you know if you've done something irresponsible and 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 wrong it should be looked into but essentially that, that there is this deal that it's like look you know we're you know we're we're risking by this very nature of the profession we're risking things we're risking injury we're risking death and we're putting our that risk into the the hands of other people whilst we're there um and Mm. you know as much as obviously you want to do everything you can to prevent something from happening these things will occasionally happen and at some point you have to kind of go like okay well this is this is just the nature of of that i know it's a bit different because wrestling is not wrestling Physically throwing people around and doing stuff, mm. whereas football, you're not expecting to have someone clatter into your face at this, you know, the speed. Yeah. Of, but then again, it's like speed of light. Th- like, like I said, like it, when John Terry got knocked out by Abu Dhabi, was I, would you punish Abu Dhabi for that? I mean, I know it's yes, not it's quite. Like, the, it's, not it's like a
1: fine it. line between like recklessness and heroics. Like, hmm. I think it, was it? Didn't John Terry put his face near there? Or
0: yeah, or it was. I, it, was like, it was a. It was a ball that that absolutely there's it wasn't like a high foot, put it that way. John Terry's head went yeah. down.
1: So then... who so is that is that recklessness from John Terry or is that <clears> throat> throat? Well, well,
0: well quite, think, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's that's John this is nice. this is what often often annoys me when when they give silly high foot fouls for um, mm. it's where because it's, it's usually when when players are, g- are going down to head a ball and, and someone's yeah. going for what would quite mm. rightly like Peter Crouch used to always get done for um, <laughs> uh, high yeah. foot when it was like he was just up against a smaller person and I would just <laughs> I got so frustrated because it's not high foot like if you put your head down you've got to expect that I'm putting my head down this is where foots kind of go and swing I might get a foot to the face do you know what I mean and I think that's quite right you, you should be expect like if you put your head you know Put your head. Yeah, you
3: commit
0: in, to it. All in. problems, eh, Harry? <laughs> Tall guy problems. That's uh, <laughs> my favourite kind of problem. <laughs> but yeah, so we've done, we've done, we've done this before. We've been in a situation where we need to come up between. Well, we need to decide between us the top five players of any given position in the Premier League since the year two thousand. Because we're all millennial studs. Um, myself myself. Um, well I, yeah, so we've done we've done strikers, we've done wingers. As hard to define as that was. This one's quite easy so to define. The natural you progression know. of that would be. We're gonna to go to <laughs> centre backs.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: it's a bit more it's a bit more interesting than fullbacks, and it's um not as difficult as centre mids, so that's why I chose it. Um, and
1: Paul Skulls. Uh,
0: yeah. So uh, I guess we can all agree that. Well, what can we agree on? I mean, I heard some. I heard some John Terry's details. first. Well, John. Well, John Terry. John Terry's in there, surely. John mm, Terry. Yeah, he's Terry first.
2: Terry. First for me.
0: He's first for me.
1: Second for me. Oh, you. I no, oh, told you out. I was
0: going to stop swearing, and he's first for me as well. So that. Uh... All right, that's unusually positive Chelsea yeah. response in this. That's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you don't always I mean, get that's one. That's good because you, you know, you've yeah. Usually, it's yeah. Thank God Thank you, guys are, you, guys, you guys, two-thirds of you are right for once. Brilliant. Uh,
1: <laughs> David Luiz, number one for you, Egbert. <laughs> David, yeah. no, I'm a staffy man.
0: <laughs> so, um, and I, yeah, so, well, who's number one for you then, Mr. Egbert?
1: Nemanja Vidic.
0: Nemanja Vidic.
1: Ooh.
0: Interesting. Would you...
2: He's number two on my list, Egbert. Number two. Yeah. So He's shared... number
0: two on my list. Okay, interesting. All right. So,
1: we was, did not so, speak have so we've far. covered
0: we've covered all of your <laughs> well, number ones and twos in those two names. That's uh that's interesting. Uh number two on my list is Nemanja Vidic's partner. Hi.
1: Partner.
0: Rio. <laughs> Rio. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean obviously that they you know, there was always talk about him and Vidich being the big the big uh center back partnership to defeat all partnerships um I, I perhaps thought that maybe v- Vidic's absolute best was was a little bit better than um, than ferdinand 's best but i, I don 't know I, I i just felt like ferdinand had a had a prolonged career at the top I felt he was a better footballer yeah. than, than Vidic. Um, you know ferdinand wasn 't without his flaws but uh, and don 't get me wrong interchangeable quite interchangeable um, but i had um village is number 3 so so it doesn't really matter for me yeah no. Rio is
2: fourth i had rio's third rio's third so, so, so rio's
3: not
0: on my list he's
2: not
1: on your list <laughs>
0: I, think. I think this is where it starts to deviate well yeah cuz i mean i thought i thought those three would be pretty much all guaranteed um, rio's not on not on the list and this is where it get this is where it does get Interesting. Well yeah. bro, you, I, I, you can I, I, you can start us off like is Vincent Company okay. in your list, Mr. Man City. He is, he is
3: on my list. Yeah.
0: Vincent company is also in my list bro. So yeah. but, um,
2: that,
3: mine as well. But basically well. Like, my, my, I'll explain my reasonings. There I think on on the day, I think defensively, the five players I've chosen above Real Ferdinand on their day are much better defensively at a centre back okay. position. That's that's purely just my opinion because not not because I'm a City fan, because obviously I've got money. village in there. Um, I just think as a defender, defensively, I think that's, that's how I've gone about it. I just think, yeah. not, rather than not being the overall centre-back, you know, that was great with the feet, great with the air, I just think personally, like, as, as a defender, as a defensive player, mm. that's how I've gone with it.
0: No, I think that, as I, as I said, I think that's probably fair. Like, I, you know... For all these players are not without their flaws, but Ferdinand, yeah, I think he he often, you know, he there was you can remember a few games where he did look a little bit perhaps towards the end of his career, but you know, there were a few it wasn't as if he was one of these never caught out kind of blokes. He he did often make um yeah make mistakes. And he had silly cornrows for about three years of his life, which just looks stupid. So we can mark him down for that. Um, um uh, but okay, well, um
1: virtual
0: harry <laughs> sorry yeah i just you know cornrows wouldn't, wouldn't look good wouldn't look good on me so i don't like i i don't think uh, <laughs> um but yeah so okay well i mean as i say com- companies in my in mind i think that you guys both all said companies there so that yeah. f- takes you care of third for me i think we've got four, four for me.
2: We've yeah, got this is, four out of five this has all been very easy so far <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: very i think this Co- is where it goes for me. i found it harder compared to um the strikers to do the centre backs. Ah, easier.
0: Really, I think this has been the easiest yeah. one for me so far.
1: Um, yeah, I, think, I
0: agree. All right, so, tell, So, have you got any players in your top four row that we haven't mentioned yet?
3: So, I've got Terry, John Terry, number one. Vidic, then Vidic, number two. Saul Campbell, number Sol three. Ah, oh, okay.
2: no. So, Campbell. No. Vincent, Vincent so Campbell, Campbell is not going in this list.
1: <laughs> Why? I had him at number five as well. I'm like fifth place. All right, and then I've got Vincent Company at fourth,
3: and then Ricardo, Calvario. Calvario. I'm, Calvario.
1: I'm glad, glad
0: Cavalier yeah. got a mention. Um, so Campbell, yes. Two so, Chelsea
1: players?
3: Because
0: <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's yeah, interesting. I mean, Saul Campbell. Um, I mean, Saul Campbell. He had a, he had a very distinguished career. I know his. Yeah, he's obviously not a popular figure in um, the white <laughs> heart of North London. Um, but, I, yeah. I kind of feel like Sol Sol Campbell gets a bit of a a bit of a bad rap rep this yep. for for people who you know non nineties kids, I guess, because I think toward he had a sort of quite underwhelming fade away from from the top, didn't he? Like um, he yeah. had a couple of. Less good years at Arsenal towards the end, and then had a bit of a weird run with Portsmouth and stuff. Um, And also, he had, yeah, didn't he like sort of take himself off at half time because he was just Mm. lost all his confidence in one match? And and also, I think he
1: like a mental break, uh,
0: yeah, he sort of played second fiddle to Terry and Ferdinand at their very peak. I know he's he's a bit, uh, you know, a bit older and came. Best years were probably a bit before their best years, but nevertheless, he sort of played second field to them. So I feel he gets a better rap. But I think, yeah, at his best, Campbell was, was um, and probably I'd say, I should probably best was probably at Tottenham. I mean, I wasn't around to see it, but with my family, Tottenham fans, this is uh, the impression I get. So, um, you know, ruined his career. Man. What a shame. It's all right. You, you <laughs> got his Le- career. If, if Sol Ru- Campbell, Campbell hadn't left, <laughs> you wouldn't have got Ledley King uh, to be so prominent. So, um. That, uh, Nedley King on your list, Ash? No, he's not. No, I call yourself a Tottenham Ooh. fan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: know, it's, it's
0: really
2: bad because um well we well, saw so Campbell's not on my list, so yeah, no, no, my um yeah. my, my fifth place isn't is gonna make me any friends here. Well, it might actually lose you guys as friends, but it it is um Paul Skulls. It, <laughs> it is it is fantastic. dying.
0: Why would that lose uh, you what?
2: friends? No, oh, you may oh, not have the highest, God, take, you know, opinion. I was going to
1: add him in, but I just thought nah. I want to see him do it for a, a longer period of time. That's the only yeah. reason why. similar why we I didn't put in mm. Harry Kane as well. I just wanted to do to see, do yeah. a few more. But yeah, in, and then I'm sure in like five years' time, people say he's like definitely in the top five. But just for see, that,
2: yeah, I, I had Harry Kane in my striker, <laughs> so I don't really
1: care about any of. That. <laughs> i was
3: going to say I had Harry Kane is uh, my top <laughs> ten. <of that. laughs>
2: but yeah. um... <laughs> Van what like, like you say? Uh, the the impact he's had on the Liverpool squad since he's joined has been absolutely unreal.
3: Yeah. Whether that I think it was only for a season and a half, though. Cause, I mean, this season he's definitely seemed a bit more vulnerable.
2: This yeah, is, but I mean, it, it always happens like that, though, doesn't it? I mean,
0: this is why when, I, you, when you when I've, you get a new. Um, go on. I was going to say just to sort of reiterate i mean i i he was i was having an with him as well on on mine but i i i kept him off again for, for reasons that have been mentioned like we said you know you, you just wonder whether you want him to sort of pr- prolong it but i but i think roe makes a good point in that i think that there was a as, as good as as good as i think and i you know i know i joke about people go on about how great he is i do obviously think he's a very good defender but he, there is, you are starting to see a little bit of, you know, because there was that statistic last season, wasn't there, that no one had ever dribbled past Virgil van Dijk. That and incorrect then, st- and statistic. Exactly, well. it yeah. was incorrect. And then, and then you start noticing little, just little things. I, mean, I, I remember I was watching watching football highlights this week. I was watching the Liverpool Atletico games and and just a couple yeah. of, you know, they didn't score from any of them, but a couple of things. It was just like, he, you know, and, and you just start to wonder, was this... Obviously, he's a very good centre back, and he has made such a difference to, to Liverpool. Undeniably, a hugely important player for them. But does he get this kind of godlike reverence that that is, you know, it is not necessarily unwarranted, but just a bit over the top? Like he, he does yeah. make mistakes. He isn't he's for me, more, you know, unflappable and all this sort of stuff.
3: For me, I think he would definitely be in my top five if that season and a half they had with Liverpool. He continued. He started like that with Southampton. Then when yeah. he went to Celtic, did that, and then carried on with Liverpool. If he had that, that, like that, because he just seemed like he just went to Liverpool, and then he just had this massive shoot of like you could, ridiculous yeah, even, even, with out of
2: that, nowhere. even with that, though, uh, it, it, even with like you're saying maybe a minor drop off in form, he's still like heads over, like heads over hill, head, <laughs> no, whatever. The, you know, yeah, he's, he's he's still he's still much better than, above the rest. Like, the, yeah, there it is. He's still like, much better. Well, head and shoulders above the rest, that's the one. Head and shoulders above the rest. <laughs> in the end. No, Not, said head and shoulders above
1: the rest.
3: He's head,
2: head, head and shoulders <laughs> yeah. above the rest because he's head and shoulders Cut that, Harry. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, but I just, even I with that if, if, drop-off in form. <laughs> he's still head and no, shoulders no, above the Yeah, no doubt
1: his quality. And as who as Michael Ballack said, he, well, Michael Ballack doesn't think he's that good, but...
0: Supposedly. He,
1: yeah, supposedly he's not as good in, as the rest. But is he as good as the the generation of centre backs that arguably poor English depends on the map that showed? I,
0: yeah, I, I often wonder that maybe we we look at Virgil Van Dijk in in the light that we do because the level of competition in terms of centre, the, the, the great mm. centre backs in the in the particularly in the Premier League are not there's there's none of them around like who because mm. you know going through this list we we're, we're dealing with. Laporte, um, really? People, yeah, I mean, obviously,
3: he's a bit, he's a bit away, yeah, you, away from you, you,
0: could, you could consider Laporte. You could consider Aldevar. You could consider, you know, a few players. David, David Louise, David of know. course. <laughs> but, but looking, looking at the list, like almost all of them, except for Van Dyke, and if and if you want company, although I consider company sort of, you know, generation before, I and mean, he obviously he's gone now. Only Van Dyke is, is the only one that that is still playing, and the, the majority of it, And I wonder whether because the quality of of centre-backs generally has gone down for for multiple reasons, I think, you know, system reasons and blah, blah, blah. But maybe maybe that's the reason, because Virgil van Dijk is just one of so few. Maybe we give Mm. him this, you know, grand pedestal because... Because, um, you know, undeniably, he's, he's a great player, and, and I think he would absolutely be fine against. You know, I don't necessarily agree with Michael Ballack's quote, how true it was, I'm not sure, but that he wouldn't be able to ha- cut it against so and so strikers. But I, I wonder whether, well, um, if he was in a league with John Terry and Rio Fernand and Manu Vidic, whether we would still be like, yeah, Virgil van Dijk is, yeah. is the best. You know, yeah. because, Well, Rich you know, doesn't seem to have a very high opinion of him, does he?
2: Does he not? Just, did you read that?
0: No, he, no, said, no, he said, said, no.
2: oh, I've, I've played against better. Was it Richard It might not have been Yeah, and that's, you know,
1: that's it was not... It definitely... He's like, oh, I've played against better. Imagine Van Dyke would say the same about him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Messi, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, mate, you're only, you know, not playing against, like, you know, you're playing against better players than Van Dyke. Where, bro? Where?
1: <laughs> I think it's interesting what you said In Europe. Like, about seeing... Seeing certain maybe flaws or mistakes that you didn't see prior. It'd be interesting that were those mistakes always there, but he managed to do something to yeah. sort of just cover yeah. it up, or and now well, he can't I, as much, or what? Well, I guess why are we seeing it now? And he's also I, I he's also, the entire
0: league. time he's been at Liverpool. I know they didn't finish so strongly in the league, but he joined halfway through. But the entire time he's been at Liverpool, they've effectively been the best. The best yeah. one or one or two teams in Europe. Like let's let's also wait for when Liverpool have a slightly off season. Let's see how good he is then, and you know all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff needs to be considered. Um, you know, I let's mean, see if they ever run a form or anything like
2: that. Title you know? run aside, I don't think like Liverpool have played like, overly like <coughs> brilliantly this season. I think
0: uh, I agree. Uh, with you. I think they were better last season than they. Yeah,
2: were. I, yeah. I I think they were a million times better last season, Van Dijk mm-hmm. included. But like it, if. It's not just Van Dyke's form in that team that's dropped. Mm. I know they're still winning games and they've got like what eighty-two points, whatever it is. Yeah, but they're they're not playing as well. They're not scoring as many goals.
0: Uh, you know, they're conceding yeah. more. Yeah, I, I think that. I think that's I think that. That's sorted it for me. I just think it's a little bit too early. I I, yeah. I, just, I don't necessarily agree with the logic for Kane because I think with Kane he has although his career's not over and there's still a lot to go. I think he has proven that he's. You know, consistent enough to, to warrant, warrant warrant a place, but I think, messy Van, Van one Dijk is, yeah, I think Van Dyke is. I think Van Dyke is just not. You know, there's you've not seen, you've not seen him under duress. You've not seen him properly tested yet, mm. and, and for multiple reasons, that's why I left him off. Um, but I, it looks like, sounds like, we've got, we've certainly got four sorted. Um, so, I think, t- Terry's by default going in as number one, right?
1: Yeah, unless, yeah, so.
0: unless Egby you've got a particularly strong claim for Vidic
1: I mean just when I I think for me he's just the paradigm mm. sense of that. or maybe old fashioned sense of like, he was just strong tough great yeah, and a, for me I feel like when he was at his best he was like the best defender in the world Terry I think his he's quality he's a leader Um I think he's great with the ball that and that's maybe something he obviously has over Vidic that he's a ball mm. player, mm. like, he's mm-hmm. almost like Virgil van Dijk now to the, the god of football yeah. but um, yeah I mean Terry Terry, because I, I, I knew you guys would put Terry's number one so I wasn't too forced either one but for me I think Vidic whenever I saw him I was just in awe of him he was just mm. incredible Yeah. Mm. okay
0: so yeah Terry I think goes in as number one it sounds like Vidic's number two basically because I think mm. if the two of you have got him as number two and Egby's yeah, as number know. one yeah. I've got him as number three but I think that my math isn't great, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, so then we've got um, so three of us have got Ferdinand, but one hasn't at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And four of us have got Company, but have uh, they all? Have they? Who's got Ferdinand above Company? I don't. I don't. Ferdinand
2: third.
0: Company fourth. Egby? I have Company third. Ferdinand Company fourth. third. Okay, all right. I think I've got com- I've got Ferdinand above Company, but then again. I think because Roe doesn't have Ferdinand at all, company wins some, Well, company is
3: fourth on my list
1: regardless.
0: Yeah, I, well, I think that. I think that probably pushes because because we've unanimously got company. I think that probably pushes him above
1: yeah.
0: above Ferdinand. So we'll have we we'll have company as number three, and Rio Ferdinand as ah, number four.
3: And it that were. leaves the fifth,
0: <laughs> the fifth space. I'm glad you mentioned Cavallaro because, again, it's one of those things where I didn't want to <laughs> particularly mention him because I think you know, I'd look biased. Yeah. But he was, if not six, I mean, certainly number seven for me. Like he under yeah. underrated for the fact that it, that was a hell of a partnership and yeah. and, and didn't uh, you know, didn't get as nearly as much credit as Terry. Wasn't as good as Terry, but but again, that's yeah. just because Terry was so un- unbelievable.
3: I just think like going back to what. Egby like was saying when it came to watching like Vinic and United, like, you could just tell strikers had such a hard time breaking down and attacking team, you know, the attacking side of the teams had had such a hard mm. time breaking down the fence. And I think, same with, you know, Carvalho, because he was part of that partnership. I think the Terry and Carvalho partnership was, I think, miles better than Bernard and Vinic.
0: Mm. They've got a defensive, not just mm. them obviously, but they've got a defensive. Goal! Uh, a goals conceded record that two thousand four five that I don't believe will ever be broken. No, fifteen no.
3: goals. I think the smallest. Sorry, like I think out of the try breaking it on FM, it's really hard. Five. I think out of the five I that I picked, I think I think, I think Cavalio played the least amount of you know league games,
0: but
3: he hmm. still played one hundred and seventy or one hundred and eighty games. if I, I remember correctly.
0: And he and he, as as a Chelsea fan, he was certainly one of those guys where I. I Again, possibly because he he only played for I think five seasons, but I, but nevertheless, I don't remember a single game where I was like Cavalier looks out of out of, um, yeah. You know, even, even I know it's different because Terry played his whole career in the Premier League, but with Terry, there there are at least two or three games where I was like bloody out, like game off the pitch because he's not he's struggling. <laughs> like and at least with, and of course, that was just in his later you know sort of older days when he getting getting on mm. a bit. But I think with. With Cavallio again, maybe his, his absolute best wasn't quite at the best of the, the other guys, but I think yeah, he's unfairly not in this conversation as much as he should be. Really,
1: but, he was quite um, unassuming, which he flew under the radar. But I guess for a centre back, that's good. He wasn't like yeah, David Luiz, where it's like, yeah. <laughs> he, was like a, he was a solid like seven sort of each
0: yeah. game. But yeah, and we and yeah. we stro- and we've, haven't really didn't haven't really replaced like seven since he left. We've struggled to, you know, Cahill, Louise, Alex, you know, some, no, no one's really come in. And, and still to this day, you know, Rudiger, who, who have we really got to, 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 to go back in? So, um, but okay, no, I'm glad that. So, so I think I, it sounds like it's a choice between, um, well, Sol Campbell, I think, is, a, is in a couple of people's lists. Virgil van Dijk's in one. Egby, who was your number five? Sol. Sol Campbell.
1: Yeah. Roe
0: has, Ro has Cam, Campbell. I do. Is is hurry? You have Virgil Van Dyke in there, right? <laughs> I was, uh, I was umming and ahhing. I was umming and ahhing between uh, between Campbell Cavallero and Van Dyke, and I think, based on the the two three minutes I spent before explaining my Van Dyke decision, I, I have to go with Campbell. I, I think um, and again, there's a bit of a '90s, you know, his '90s career that we've possibly not taken into account, but I think, come back in five years. And I have the conversation again, and I might stick Van Dyke in there. But yeah. for the moment, I think I think we've got to give it to, to Nutty Mayor of London candidate Sol Campbell. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so unfortunately, Ash, you've been outvoted. The at, least, list. Yeah. at least he's a good football manager, though, isn't he? At least who? <laughs> who? <laughs> at, least,
2: at least he's a good football manager. Though. Oh, Sol Campbell, he's doing all right.
0: Is it? Find some, <laughs> some slack, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so number five Saul <laughs> Campbell number four um, was R- uh, Rio Ferdinand number three Vincent Company, number two Nemanja Vidic and number one Captain, leader, legend John Terry. Thanks very much for joining us. And um, feel free, as usual, to let us know what you thought of our list on Twitter. Get in touch with us at Edge of the Box Pod. And also feel free to let us know what you think uh, we should cover next, particularly if it involves David Louise. We'll see you all next week. Bye bye.